Phillips and help me introduce our speaker, Scott. Uh, there probably should be a thing in there that says, uh, please do not turn off all pacemakers. Be ill-advised. My name is Scott. I'm a compulsive reader. Um, thank you, Roy, for asking me to share here. Um, I'm honored to be a, at an OA meeting in any case here in particular. Um, hmm. I'm remembering, or I was, I was driving over here remembering what it was like. Um, for me, sometimes that's hard because it was 25 years ago what it was like that I came in these rooms originally. And... Um, Here's a couple things. Um, I don't know if anybody here remembers the Cambridge diet. For those heads that not, it's this extreme thing where you drank some fluids and you lost a lot of weight and you got really sick because it didn't displace all body fluids and all that stuff. And, and I, I did that um, particular diet because I thought it was clever and fun and I needed to lose a lot of weight really quickly and um, ended up in the hospital. Um, ended up in the hospital... Um, with uh, one of my secondary disease, or whatever it's called, um, called manic depression, um, over a over a um, 20 year period, I was hospitalized 12 years. So, um, if you're new and you're thinking you can't do it, you're thinking, well, I have too many obstacles that are in my path. I've, uh, you know, whatever they are. Um, I was in the hospital once or I had a breakdown once or, you know, whatever it is, um, I'm here to say that it's possible to recover no matter what the circumstances are. If, um, if, if I have the willingness to do um, what's laid at my feet, which is a simple um, list of uh, spiritual tools, then I can recover. And, um, and that's my, my, uh, what I'm saying today is, is that... Um, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, is, this isn't so big anymore. <laughs> Once it was big, now it's like this, uh, or whatever the size happens to be, um, uh, says that uh, I have a disease um, that uh, is really, really tough because it, it has two parts uh, primarily. One is um, that I eat something um, which triggers me. And once I'm triggered, I can't stop. I'm in, I'm in what's called the craving. I guess can't stop. And for me, that's sugar. If I'm, if I'm into white sugar and, and recreational sugar, it's not a recreation anymore. It's a friggin' necessity, you know. And it's a necessity until there's a spiritual solution, which I'll talk about later. Uh, the other thing is, um, and it's a really clever little disease we've got going here, um, is that, um, Okay, I have this, this thing that once I start the, that process, I can't stop. On the other hand, i got a mind that can't remind me that once I start the process, I can't stop. So I'm, <laughs> I'm in a, the loop. You know, I can't remember that, that to do this thing is going to loop me into this behavior, which I may go through, through for the rest of my lifetime, in which case, for me, it'll mean diabetes. It'll be, mean repeated mental illness. It'll mean um, Suicidal thoughts will mean wanting to cut off my um, my stomach with a knife because I think I'm too fat. It'll mean being um, repulsive to people because I'll be so either needy or so uh, distant that I will be unable to communicate or unable to be with people. 
um, it'll mean I'll have alienated everyone in my family, um, without exception, <laughs> um, because I have no relational skills, no way to, to, to be in, in relation with someone, because I haven't learned those skills. Um, I'm quite what we call an unlovely creature when I'm in, in my cups or in my uh, half gallons or in my Reese's or, you know, I mean, I, we've all got our thing, you know. Um, and and um, I remember one time, I don't know if any, but I'll just say a name of a food, halva, which is about as sweet as things get, right? It's like... Um, I was in college and thinking, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm suffering from some pain around around whatever this is, whatever the pain of the du jour of that particular time was. Um, so I, you know, I grabbed a half gallon of ice cream and ate that in front of the television, and then chased it with the previously mentioned um, substance, and then I went to sleep. Now I called it sleep at that time, but now I call it, I call it passing out. Because that is, is, in fact, what I did. The brain had the overload of sugar. The pancreas did not know how to process it. It, you know, I'm not a, you know, a physician or anything, but I just know that there are certain physical things that went through, through and in my body, in my brain chemistry, that completely knocked me out and put me to sleep, actually, to pass out. And so when I think about, well, those poor alpha alcoholics, they pass out in the gutter, gosh, you know. Well, here I'm passed out on the couch, you know, from a sugar binge rush, the whole thing, you know. And then I'll wake up the next morning, I can't remember that I got this disease, and I'll do it again. Because the thing, you know, there'll be a half a package of this stuff out in wherever, and I'll go, oh, God, how fortunate am I? I won't probably use the word God, because that's real verboten at that point, because, you know, it's all about me. Um... I was what we call a, a self-riot machine, um, self-will-run riot machine. I had no um, uh, compassion, concern, uh, whatever for you. Whoever you were was just an object for me to get what I needed because it was all about Scott fulfilling that need machine which he'd become. And then once he'd fulfilled that temporarily, he'd probably have some sugar substance to celebrate and be right back in the addiction and go through the whole process again. So I was kind of into a, a loop that was, um, uh, oh, uh, just a, a physical note for me. I mean, this is my own stuff. Um, my father died in my arms from a heart thing. My grandfather, both sides died from heart things before 40. And my grandmother died, one of my grandmothers, before 40 as well. So here I am, packing it on, feeling palpitations in my chest, going, well, this is cheery, isn't it? You know, and just, uh, you know, completely checked out from really the reality of what was happening, which was that I was dying. You know, this is a fatal disease and I'm dying from it. I'm dying at this minute. Uh, the, the good news for me is, is I'm in recover. I am recovered because uh, based on today, uh, I am doing the steps necessary to um, be in compliance with, with what I know to work to keep me alive, which are the 12 steps. Um, you know, um, that's, this is just my opinion, but this is my share. <laughs> so, um, um, yeah, so, so here I am with a fatal malady. I can't remember that it does things to me. I do it. I activate it. It, it keeps going. You know, I'm stuck. Um, 
you know, I don't know what diets you all have tried or what what exercises you have tried. Um, my exercise thing was I used to, I think it was, I'd work until, from 6 until 2 at night. Uh, I would then dance until 5, exercise in other words, and go to sleep for a couple hours, wake up, play two or three sets of tennis and run 10 miles. And that wasn't quite enough for me. <laughs> And that was just like, oh, that's not enough. I'm not winning the tennis games. You know, it's like, oh, okay, what's, what's up with that? So I think I probably have that other end of things with, with a little exercise activity going on. Um, I think I escaped the um, anorexic part, actually. Um, you know, um, but who knows what's going to happen in the future, so maybe I shouldn't, uh, shouldn't go that far on the limb. Um, so here I am in this condition that's hopeless, absolutely hopeless. Um, and, you know, the other thing is I've been hospitalized 12 times for mental illness, strapped down, shot full of Thorazine, lost careers left and right, was going to be this hotshot lawyer, couldn't do that because I, I ended up in a mental ward, you know, lost my, my teaching profession career, lost everything in my capacity to lose through that other disease, which was in part activated by, guess what, sugar, you know. So here I was forgetting that, too. <laughs> um, oh, well. Um, so I went, I was, I was introduced to OA in 1977, which is about 25 years ago, I think. Um, my mother said uh, to me, well, dear Abby had this, this column, and I think you should go. <laughs> Right. And so I'll go with you to make sure you go. So she went with me, and she, I stayed for 25 more years, and she did one meeting, and she was cured. It was, I wish I could do that, but um, haven't had that grace yet. Um, and um, there's probably a little resentment in there somewhere. I'll probably have to write about that tonight. Um, so I got there, and, you know, my experience was there was a room full of thin, attractive women, and, and here I am, like in my, you know, my down coat. I don't remember if anybody remembers those 1977 big down coats. The big ones where, it, like, it doesn't matter how much you weigh. You look like, like the Pillsbury guy. Uh, and uh, so I walk into the meeting. They're all attractive women. So I asked the most attractive women, in my estimation, who was willing to talk to me, <laughs> to sponsor me, you know, because that's the way it works. I mean, you know, I wasn't paying a lot of attention to what's happening up here. Um, and uh, she did, and, uh, you know, basically it was all about the food. Um, for the first uh, nine months, I lost another X, you know, 55 pounds or something. Boom, put it all back. Um, and with the return on that, that particular investment was another trip to the doctor and to the strap-down four points. I'll do anything, so just leave me alone, just like la, la, la kind of deal. Um, so here I'm... I'm getting to OA for the next nine years. For those of you who, who have been coming a little bit and it just hasn't worked, it took me nine years to get it. Nine years. And I was in, out, you know, running after fame and fortune or, or women or whatever it was, sports, whatever, over-exercise, um, art, you know, just fill in a, a name of something to run after. Um, and then... 1996, 86, 86. Um, I walked in the rooms, and I was fortunate enough to walk into a room where there was a, a guy who was sitting in the room, and, and he was he was uh, Santa Barbara. He was tall and and you know skinny, and you know, and he he actually the thing I liked about him 
were those two things, <laughs> but also that he was clear. He was absolutely clear. And I said, I, I want what you have. I probably just said help. You know, I don't think I was that clear on things. I just said, like, do it. Well, I'll do whatever, you know. And he said, you know, this, and this is the baffling part of it. It's like, it doesn't follow from any diet or anything I've followed before. He says, I don't want to hear about your food. Talk to someone else about your food. I don't care about your food. What I care about is your spiritual condition. And what we're going to do is we're going to work through the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous a page at a time until you understand and, and have an ability to, to apply those 12 steps to your life. And I go, oh. <laughs> and I did it. And it actually worked. And for like, um, I mean, just to fast forward for like 13 years, uh, I was at pretty much goal weight. Um, Virtually, not virtually, every one of the promises came true for me. Um, fear of financial security lifted. Um, fear of people um, lifted. I actually met a woman that I could actually have a conversation with. And she actually became my wife. Miracles are possible in a way. <laughs> um, I was no longer thinking about sugar day and night. You know, it was like in the old days, it was just where do I get my fix? How do I get my fix? Get out of my way if you're in the way of my fix. Just don't talk to me if I'm eating. Don't talk to me if I'm not eating because I'm all about whatever I get next. You know, that's kind of the, the thought modality of my life. And, at the, and what happened as I worked through those 12 steps um, um, was that I began, it began to slip away the, the, the notion or the, the idea that I was um, simply the sum of my addiction, you know. I was simply, I was not anymore the sum of my addiction. I, beca I became things that in the seventh and eighth step, and for, for those of you who are new, if this just buzzes you out with the step stuff, just pretend I'm just babbling for a second. But um, uh, the seventh and eighth step basically, a uh, sixth and seventh step are about, um, I got problems, um, I, I, um, I, I come to... to um, a place of being willing to turn those over to something bigger than me, and then I asked that for the thing to, to take the problems away. And I had lots of problems, you know, as you can hear from what's happened. Um, let's see. Uh, and I've completely lost train of thought after that one. So, uh, you know, I also have probably ADD, so what the hell. I just God just piled on a whole bunch of gifts when he saw me. He said, hey, ADD, yeah, sure. Manic depression, sure. Overeating? Okay. So anyway, uh, here we are. Um, but what, what began to happen in my life was um, I began to, to somewhat, um, uh, I don't know the word, amplify or personify those things which, which I was asking for a relief from or for, for um, enhancement with in my life. And for example, like forgiveness tolerance, pity, patience. These were not endemic to Scott when he was searching for the next sugar fix. What was endemic to Scott at that point was, out of my way, asshole, I want my, my drug. You know? That was pretty much where it was. And um, um, so what's happened is, is those, those, uh, those character defects have... Uh, on, a, on a daily basis are being removed. Um, there's still a lot. God gave me so many, there's lots to work on. <laughs> and I'm still 
uh, asking for relief with those. Um, but I'm so grateful that I have a process. Um, this morning, I woke up in fear. And um, lately, that's been a, um, a good, um, or a steady bedfellow, I think. Um, just because I'm in a new career and I don't have any materials for the new career and, and I don't quite know what I'm doing but I'm, I'm very good at this particular thing but I don't quite know all the little, little pieces. Uh, so fear kind of sidles up and goes, hey, you know, you're going to fail on this one. You know, and then there's the, the, it, it lists the evidence that I've, I've looked for when I was sick. You know, because so, I look for evidence when I'm sick of how fucked up I am. Excuse me. So, like, the evidence is, is okay, so the thing is, um, you're stupid. Okay, so the evidence would be, would be, um, well, look at Einstein. Look how much smarter he was than you. Or something. I mean, you know, that's, that's a ridiculous example. But, and I would just pile up the evidence. So when fear comes now, it just reaches back for old evidence. Or sometimes new evidence that I've <laughs> gathered anyway. But the, the old evidence of, of, whoa, that's, you know, that's amazing. Um, um, and so what I get to do now is in the um, fourth step, there's what's called, there's three things in the fourth step. The fourth step is just simply that we took um, inventory or, or uh, listed um, the stuff that was happening with us that caused us to... to be distressed with this disease. And um, so one of the things that, that there's three things that it, that actually, four things that it talks about. It's, it's, one is fear. The second, the other is resentment. The other is uh, harms done to others. And the third is um, sexual harms. Um, so this was clearly in the fear deal, you know. I was quite clear about that. Um, and I wasn't really willing to get to it because, you know, it's six, Six o'clock, and I got to be working now. I got to be like, you know, six o'clock on Saturday, and I got to be working. Oh, it's another disease. But um, so here I am, uh, and, and I just said, God, can I have some help here? And so what happened is, and I didn't do much of this, but I just got a piece of paper out, and I listed what's the fear. And I listed, I think it was five or six fears, and then um, then it added, there's a, a column in the middle which I don't really want to go into, but it's basically what part of myself have I been relying on that screwed up this thing. But the last thing is the key thing, which is the prayer, which is the spiritual um, answer to things. And that is, um, um, God, um, please remove this fear of stupidity, my stupidity, and direct my attention to what you would have me be. Okay? Now, the key word for that in that whole passage for me is be. Because I want to do something. I'm the doer. I want to just friggin' do it. You know, do it, get it done, move on, boop. But God's asking me to look at some, some way of being, you know, outside of the paradigm of this fear of stupidity. So what I get to do is I get in this, this fourth step is I get to begin to create a model of that person that I am moving toward. Which is, you know, where else do you get that? I mean, I don't know where else I could get that kind of stuff. The therapy never gave me that. I mean, therapy, you know blames my mother and, you know, and the umbilical cord is too long or something. I don't know, but, um, which is probably all true. But, <laughs> uh, so, um, uh, this program, these steps, this um, fellowship, this, um, this thing that we do here, I think is, is for me, is sacred. Um, 
it's moved me from a place of complete despair, absolute complete despair. I mean, hospitalization every other, like, year um, to a place where that doesn't happen very much anymore. Occasionally that will still happen just because I got these screwed up chemicals and a bad connection between the, the line up here. But, you know, whatever. But I get to, get to, um, to do now is I get to live a life, you know. Um, wow. Uh, for a long time in OA, uh, I had, um, not a long time, a, a time in OA, um, I got really arrogant. And I, um, I thought I only wanted to listen to people with lots of recovery because they were the kind, the ones I wanted to emulate. Um, I, um, I figured I kind of had the answers because I was, at that point I was thinking I was smart. It was like, you know, flip the switch. Big deal. Same de- same thing. It, it's all about self and, you know. But, um, so, uh, in that time when I, when I was thinking I was really uh, special, I forgot about the food. I forgot. It's like an alcoholic thinking, well, I got this wired. I'm recovered. I probably could have a sip. A little bit, you know. So, uh, three and a half... I don't know math right now in my head, but uh, in uh, July, I think it was, of uh, 99, after 13 years of staying, uh, I was actually working at Nestle's, if that's not interesting. <laughs> I was assigned, I didn't choose it, I was assigned there. God was saying, well, let's check your program now. <laughs> yeah, right, and so, uh, so I was working there, and they... You know, one of the things they do is they just have big bowls of candy out everywhere, like, you know, in different places. And, and I resisted that for like two and a half weeks or two weeks out of the three. And finally, like, there was the, the rampant or the, the, the spontaneous brownie that appeared. And I go, well, it's not, it's not, the, it's not candy. Okay, it's just, that's just that's that little milk in the, you know, the little, uh, what you call it in the milk? That won't hurt me. The rum in the milk, whiskey in the milk, yeah. So, you know, I had that. And, and for three weeks, I was out running around, you know, chasing my butt, trying to figure out if I was addicted. <laughs> because it was clear I wasn't. But I kept showing up at 7-Eleven, and he kept sell- selling me the same old stuff. And it was like, okay. So after, after a while of doing that... Um, I mean, bless my wife. She's also in OA, and, and she's absent for like what, nine years or something. And she just kind of watched it. She just goes, oh, okay. I mean, that is that is incredible recovery when someone can just watch someone dying and know that the only way that they're not going to die is to choose life, to choose with willingness to resume the path, which is found mostly in the steps, but also in our disease is found in the food we eat. Um, and I, you know, and I did forget about the food I ate. Um, what has happened for me in, in OA, um, and, um, and this is personal stuff. This is not necessarily like program per se. But um, I became a vegetarian, and um, and and that made it uh, really uh, interesting. Um, and it also made it really difficult at times to have food choices in public where other people were eating meat or whatever. And um, so, anyway, I don't even know why I mentioned that. Who cares? Um, 
Um, what I want to say, though, is for uh, whoever's new or, or just it hasn't worked quite the way or the promises haven't fully kicked in in your life, they've kind of like started a little bit or maybe haven't started at all, is the miracle is those guys. The miracle is working through this little book, the first 164 pages, and finding other people, namely a sponsor who's been done the work or, um, you know, I go to a workshop right now that that's facilitated for, for the steps. But whatever it is that works, this, this is the miracle. This is the spiritual answer. This is where God comes in, you know? It's like... Here's Scott doing self-will to the, to the maximum extent. And the only thing that can really save him or, or make him recovery is some power greater than himself. You know, because if I'm doing it myself, if I'm trying to remove my own character defects, that's like a horse trying to remove a leg when he's running. It's not going to work real well. I mean, I've never seen it work. Maybe it could for you guys, but probably not for me. Um... Um, so I needed to have a, a, this power that was able and willing to come into my life and free me. Because I was a slave. I was a slave to self-will, to sugar, to uh, fear, to resentment, to, to harms, to everyone, mostly probably including myself, but all y'all, if you're in my way, that, that you were right for it. Um, and what I, the only thing I could, I could, I could, come to um, was to come to nothing because I can't come to anything I can only release or let go to God or to a power that's greater than myself and you know I came in here you know I was I was abused in such a way that there was blood flying everywhere and death and stuff you know and I was manically depressed you know for most of my life you know I, I also I mean to top that off I'm partly Jewish, or I guess all Jewish, according to Jewish law. Um, so there's all the resentment about, about all the stuff that happened to me, to my race, to whatever. And where was the space for anything bigger than that? There wasn't a space. So I had to find um, the willingness to work through um, these steps and to find a God or a higher power that was of my own making. Because the higher power I understood was was the higher power of um, a punishing church, um, of um, a God that Shakespeare would say to p- would pull off wings off of a fly, a child that pulls wings off the fly. Um, that was the God I knew. That was the understanding I, I had. That For you, God was great. He was doing all kinds of miracles. But for me, he was pulling off my wings, you know? What kind of God is it that makes me manic depressive and makes me have abuse in my family? Or well, not my family, but my abuse. And so. So, so what I got to, to, to understand or to, to, to participate in through my sponsor, through listening to you, to hearing your struggles, to my nine years of payment plan of pain around why can't I get a higher power? Why can't I get into some recovery? What do I need to do? Um, what I finally had to do was find a God that worked for me. You know, find a God that was completely gentle and absolutely loving and cared about every detail of my fa- fabric, my moral fabric, as well as my physical outside fabric, um, in a loving way, in, in, a, in a completely um, perfect way that I can't even understand most of the time. I just go, well, okay. 
Um, you know, and, you know, even still, I, I go into phases where it's like, you know, God, what? <laughs> you know, what's God? Because I just, you know, I, I got a mind that's forgetful. I'm, I forget to be grateful. I forget that I'm, I'm, I'm completely broken as I am and that all I have is this program and this God thing. Um, almost everything I've learned, or not even almost, I think everything I've learned of value has come from either these rooms or people who I talked to or worked with in these rooms. It's like, because the rest of it's um, foreign language. Out there where people are talking about some kind of spiritual awakening that, that's outside of my experience with my food, my thing, it's like, I don't quite get that. I'm going, well, what does that mean to me? I'm an overreader. I got this other deal going on. Um, so, uh, anyway, I am so grateful to be in this, this thing that we do, that we be. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, and I think, I think there's an opportunity for questions. Um, so, why don't we just do that if anybody has any questions or stuff. Sure. Uh, the question is, is there something that I do on a daily basis and would I repeat it? Is that the question? No, I mean, or does it, or does it change, or can you, and can you talk about it? Uh, or does it change, and can I talk about that? Um, I think so. <laughs> uh, what I do on a daily basis is I wake up, <laughs> and, and then uh, uh, I turn... It depends on the day, but generally I turn to my wife and we say the third step prayer together and we say the serenity prayer together and we uh, try to do a gratitude thing together. Now, that's not always when we don't wake up at the same time. That's impossible. Um, when, I'm, when I'm stupid, I'll forget to do anything else. When I actually have my mind with me, the, the active mind of recovery um, I'll usually go through I'll try to go through the first three steps repeat them and then I'll um, I'll do the uh, the third step uh, is in the big book it has five parts in it and you, I'm, I'm not going to go through the five parts right now but there are five parts in the third step I try to do those five parts of the third step because I, I tend to forget to do God's will it can be about God's will then uh, I have three or four sponsees call. Um, it was four until a couple of weeks ago, and then things changed, so it was four for an hour. And then I'll try and meditate for five minutes or so. And um, at night, uh, what I'll try to do is I'll look back on my day, and if I see any active resentments, I'll pull out. I have three or four sheets of paper that have the resentment and what happened and all that stuff on it. So I'll do the, the sheet recording to what's happening in my life. Fear, resentment, sex and harms, or sex and then harms. Is that, does that help? Cool. Thanks, Guy. Mm-hmm. About Nine Step Men's, what did it take for you to get started? And what was it like as you did them in particular to parents and siblings? Uh, the question is about Ninth Step Men's, and uh, in particular, what did I do with parents and siblings? Okay. 
Um, Um, I have one brother and a mother left. Um, and I'll go with my brother first. Um, one of the things that I can and have done in the past with my brother is become real pulled inward and not participate with, with him and not offer to help because he has two kids and a wife. I mean, he doesn't have these things. They're part of his life. Um, <laughs> just to be correct about that. Um, and uh, let's see. Um, so one of the things I did with him for an amends was I, um, um, I volunteered to go to his house and watch his kids for uh, two days. And I gave he, I paid for he and his wife to go up to a retreat um, so that they could have time together. And we could, you know, do that. So that's what I do with my brother. I mean, that's one of the things. There's more beyond that. But it's, it's, I try to do practical actions now because I find my, I'm a great bullshitter. I could tell you anything. And five minutes later, I could do anything. So but it's, it's what I do in this capacity. It's what I do with you and to you. Um, my mother, um, uh, she's... Um, I don't know if anybody can relate to this, but my mother is a difficult personality. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, uh, she uh, uh, it's hard for me to listen to her sometimes because she triggers my stuff. Um, so what I do to stay in communication with her is I either call her or I listen to her stuff. And I deep compress with my network. Is that what you're looking for? Mm-hmm. Okay. Any other questions? Yes. Uh, sure. About the nine step amends again. What was it like when you called up your brother and said, "You need to sit down and talk for a little while. There's something I have to tell you." Or what took you to that point? When did you find? How did you find the willingness to do that? <laughs> the first time that I made amends to him, I was manic. And when you're manic, there's nothing you can't do. There's no, uh, there's no fear. The fear inventory goes out the window because you don't need one for a while. So, um, and the other, the other time um, is, uh, I just said I, there's something I'd like to do for you, and I didn't say this whole amends thing because he knows I've been in recovery he's been there for the 25 years but what I thought would be best was to was to be it just to be that that solution in his life that was about him getting recreation and time off from his kids Um, so there wasn't a lot of conversation in that particular one the first one there was a lot of conversation but there was no action Oh, yes. Hi. Hi. Um, uh, I'm not nosy, but I am wondering if you're on uh, any kind of mood elevators because I can't take mood elevators. Uh, it's not good for me. And uh, I always say that food is the greatest tranquilizer in the world for me. I know that it is. Uh, but I can't take mood elevators. And I was wondering if you uh, are on the and don't have to answer the question because I'm not being nosy. That's okay. I've been on lithium for 22 years. Yeah. It's, I actually have a contract 
when I go off lithium, I hurt everybody in my past, which is because I get manic and stuff. So three years ago, before I broke my absence, I had an episode where I went off lithium. So I have a contract with my wife as an amends to my wife and to the process of us um, that I will be on lithium. And it's monitored by her, me, our couple sponsors. We're in RCA, which is another program which I, about coupleship stuff. If you want to see that, talk to me. Want to ask me about that after. Um, so that's what I've done by way of me in amends too. Yeah. Sandy. Three-part question. Uh-oh. How did you find your higher power? How is your relation to how has your relationship with your higher power changed since you found a higher power? And three, how do you know when you're doing God's will? Um, I'm going to give you the mic on that one. <laughs> Just say it again. How did you find your How did you find your higher power originally? How has that changed over the years? Let's just do one at a time. I got a very small mind. just gets confused really easily. Uh, um, okay. Um, originally, I found, I, I, I found my higher power by defining what it wasn't. My higher power is not hatred. My higher power is not vengeance. My higher power is not so-and-so. Okay. And... Um, and my, my sponsor at that time, which was the tall, thin guy, um, said, um, basically said, I, I want you to just make up some characteristics that you think a higher power might be cool for you with. And I did. And I didn't believe it at first. I completely didn't believe it. I said, no, this can't be. I mean, there's too much evidence in the past. But it was there to start. The second question? How has that changed over the years? Um, well, I think what's happened... Did I repeat the question? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think what's happened over the time is um, my higher power has got a lot more quiet. My higher power was noisy to start with because I needed noise. I couldn't interpret quiet. And as quiet has moved into my life, um, it's now what my higher power generally speaks in. And how do you know when you're doing God's will? How do I know when I'm doing God's will? Um, well, it's usually when I ask someone. Is this? Does this sound crazy? How does this? How does this sit with you? Because I can make anything into my uh, into. I mean, make anything correct in my estimation and make it about higher power, especially when I'm manic, because, like, it all goes, it all goes directly to higher power. Yep. Okay, thank you.